Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many, many blessings you've already given us this day and now the awesome opportunity to get back in your word. Help us now as we do that. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Let the peace of God rule. Let it rule in your hearts. Let it rule in your life. That peace is available. There is so much stuff going on in this world that you could just be totally overwhelmed and depressed. If you watch the news, it would be so overwhelming that you just feel terrible about the things that are going on around the world and here locally. So sometimes it's best not to watch it. Just enough to know, okay, whether you've got to be safe because of the storm coming through or some kind of invasion or something, yes. But sometimes you get an overdose of that negativity and it draws you down. It gets you depressed. You think that things are just getting worse and worse. Even though things are getting worse and worse because that's prophesied, we can be at peace. We can have peace that the Lord gives us. That the world cannot understand the kind of peace that's available to a Christian. Because he indwells us with the Holy Ghost, which is the comforter, which can give us that kind of peace. In Psalm 29, verse 11, it reads, The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So he's going to give us strength to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's going to give us peace of knowing even with the things that are going so bad, whether they are the things in the world or even the things in our own lives, that we can be at peace with that. That is available for us. That is one of the gifts that is available for us. But we've got to latch on to it. It's like all the gifts that are available. He doesn't force us to apply them. He doesn't force us to use them. But they're there for the taking. And it's, it's a process it doesn't come just instantly and all of a sudden boom you're all at peace it's a growing process to develop that listening to the guidance of the holy ghost and knowing it you can gain more and more peace when you become closer and closer to the lord when you study his word more and find that he wants us to to have peace so that we can be a blessing to those around us so that we can be a good ambassador of god when people see us, they ought to see Jesus Christ, not ourselves. We ought to be so filled with the Lord that it shines out beyond our personality and Jesus Christ comes forward. And if that can come along when we are at such peace. But when we are not at peace, when we are depressed, when we are overwhelmed, when we are saddened, then people come up to us. That's what's being shown. That's what they see. And when they talk to you and they ask you something and you just blah, puke out all this negativity and, and garbage on them and they go away, that doesn't lift them up. That doesn't help them. That doesn't appeal to them to, well, I know they're a Christian and they go to church and they study and they like that. Then what benefit is it going to church and studying and being a Christian if you're going to be as negative as everybody else out there? We need to know it's a responsibility to display to the world the joy of the Lord that is available for us, even in the hardest times. In John, the Gospel of John, in chapter 14, we see here the Lord telling us that we need to keep His commandments. And of course, they're the two great commandments 
that he has given us that involve love. In Matthew chapter 22, he, he tells us of these two great commandments where it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. So with all our heart, all our mind, we love God. And when we keep his commandments, we see John chapter 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Not just every once in a while, like in Old Testament times, but forever. The comforter forever, even through those hard times that we all face. In verse 17, even the Spirit of Truth, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, two names for the Holy Ghost, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive. Notice, specifically, the world cannot receive the kind of blessing that a born-again Christian can. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. When he's in there, it's permanent. He never leaves. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's going to come to us. He's going to give us that peace. He's going to give us that comfort. He's talking here to the disciples. He's yet a little while and, ye, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Reveal himself to us. When we love him, truly love him with all our heart, with all of our existence, basically, to truly love him, he's going to be right there with us. And in a response from one of his disciples, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Notice, it's we. We become a joint heir with Jesus Christ. We become a part of the family. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he, ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. This was a specific message given to the disciples, letting them know that they would be indwelt with the Holy Ghost and be given the wisdom and understanding of the Word of God that we can have confidence in when we read the writings of the apostles. And in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world Giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We don't have to be troubled. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be worrying about all the 
horrible things that are going on around the world. We should be motivated when we see those horrible things because when we see the horrible things going on, when we see the chaos, when we see the sin, we see the spreading of sin, then we know that we have an opportunity to shine out that much brighter by letting the light of Jesus Christ shine through us into the world around us when we can stand up even in the hardest of times and have peace and joy and display that that light becomes brighter and brighter, the darker the world becomes. And it's truly getting dark. And we need to stay tied in. You have to stay linked in. You have to stay connected, just like a vine, like he teaches in chapter 15. I am the true vine, the words of Jesus Christ, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This purging is talking about pruning. It cut away the unprofitable. If there's something in your life that is not beneficial to the kingdom, you need to ask the Lord to reveal that to you. He will. And ask him to take that away so that you can be more and more productive. Just like pruning a vine or pruning a fruit tree, it makes it produce better and grow healthier. Verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Notice, we cannot produce the fruits that we need to of our own. It won't work. We're not tied in. But when you're tied in, then you give the Lord credit knowing that it all comes from Him and you produce those fruits. Verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Notice, nothing. You can't even take a single breath, not even a single heartbeat, without it being a blessing from the Lord. And that applies to everyone in existence. Because by the word of Jesus Christ, everything is in existence and stays in existence. Even the breath that is being used by the most worst sinner that's out there is a gift from God. If a man abide in, excuse me, verse 6 again. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. A little parable, you may say, of the future judgment coming upon the ungodly. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That is a very powerful statement. I dare say I know no one, including myself, that is so well-tuned and in such a good relationship with the Lord that anything you ask is done because we're still fallible. We still have doubt. We're, there's still that tug of war that is within us. But if we truly take the Word of God seriously and do exactly what He tells us to do, to love Him with all of our existence, then verse 7 will truly apply to us. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
all of his words. I just choose, pick and choose. Well, this one I think I can go along with. This one I like. This one's easy to understand. But this one I don't know anything about. It's kind of hard. Well, that one's going to take a lot of devotion and dedication. I think I'll just put that one aside and hold that for later. No, we've got to take it all. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. Whatever is saying, what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. Notice, he's glorified, not us. That's another big important part of the failings of mankind is when a Christian gets so well established in his own eyes that he thinks he's such a wondrous Christian and he prays for something and then it occurs or it happens or he gets that, then he takes credit for having such faith that that happened. He just blew it, just fried it all. Father be glorified, not the individual. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Bearing the fruit, giving God the glory. Bearing the fruit, giving Him the thanks for it. Appreciate it as well. Always got to appreciate it. If ye keep my commandments, there again, going back to those two great commandments, that first one is the biggest one there, the great commandment, to love God with your entire existence, basically. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. See, if we want that full joy... If we want the joy of the Lord, which is far beyond what we have in joyfulness, if we truly want that, then we need to abide by those two great commandments. If we truly do those completely and fully, then we'll have that joy. It'll be overflowing into even everybody around us. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. He throws that one in there because that's that second great one there about loving your neighbor as much as Jesus Christ has loved us. Willing to give your life for someone else. Let's read those two great commandments again back over Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That third one there, with all your mind, may be the most challenging of those. With all your heart, with all your soul, all your soul means your very life force. And with all your mind. Is your mind fully devoted to loving the Lord? This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It all comes together. When we truly have that total devotion to the Lord, whatever we ask will come to be. That's there. That's for the taking. And that's that peace. That's that comfort. That's that knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. That's that gift that He gives us. That bearing of the fruits of the love, the peace, and so forth. Over in John chapter 16, verse 33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. The things that he told us, the things that we got recorded and preserved for us, the things that are preserved by the power and the will of God, 
they can give us the peace. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Notice, in him. And as it continues, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let us know there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be even some sufferings. And in the book of Romans, letter of Paul to the church at Rome, he explains a little bit of this to us. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Notice the first use of the word spirit is capitalized, meaning the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. The second use of the word spirit there is not capitalized, our spirit, which is brought back to life in becoming a Christian and then communes with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Let us know there's going to be some suffering. Jesus Christ suffered. We're going to be suffering. But notice in verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That glory, we now are going to go through tribulation, persecutions, hardships, challenges. But we can have peace going through those. And to know what we have to look forward to later helps us go through those challenging times. Verse 19, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons. We are waiting Patiently awaiting, sometimes not so patiently when we have some aches and pains and problems, but we should be patiently awaiting, knowing that it's going to get better. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The creature, our body, the physical existence that we have, the moaning and groaning that we do, in this world as we suffer in this physical world. But it is not just ourselves, as he says in verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. We've been studying the book of Genesis. We know the curse that come upon the entire planet. The entire planet is feeling it. The entire universe, the entire Cosmos, everything into existence is groaning and travailing, withering and diminishing, declining, looking forward to the new existence. Verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. See, we've been given a sample in the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost, that's part of the first fruit. Just a taste of what we have to look forward to. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Especially when you have those aches and pains and woes and cares of the world. 
you feel like, oh, I sure am looking forward to that glorified body. I wish I could hurry up and have it now. You might have that feeling or that thought. For we are saved by hope. Very important word, hope. Is that confident anticipation and expectation of the fulfillment of the prophecies and promises of God. When we have that, we can be at peace. We can be filled with joy. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is not is seen, excuse me, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. We haven't got that glorified body yet. We haven't got that beautiful brand new earth yet. We haven't got that personal face-to-face, walking hand-in-hand with Jesus Christ's experience yet. But we're looking forward to it. We know it's going to happen. Verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. When we realize that that is there, it's available, the Holy Ghost within us, helping our failings, our infirmities, whether they be our failings in our walk with the Lord or whether they be in our failings of our physical existence. The Holy Ghost can help us in that. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. I really like this verse. Because there are times when we don't even have sense enough to pray in a proper way. We might be asking for something that is not within the will of the Lord. We might be asking for something that is totally selfish. We might be asking for something amiss in one way or another. But it's nice to know that the Holy Ghost is in us, constantly praying for us and doing it right. Start 26 again. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Like I said, sometimes we ask for stuff that's not in our best interest, is not within the will of God. But the Holy Ghost is in there doing it right. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Does that mean everything's going to be great? Everything's going to be comfortable? Everything's going to be wondrous and lovely and pleasant? No. But we know that everything that we're going through, within the will of the Lord, it's performing a purpose. It's doing a task. It is for a purpose, to good. Whether it is something that we're going through because we have done something wrong, it is a chastisement that comes upon us, which helps us get things right and quit doing the things that cause such hardships, which is for a good purpose. Or whether they be challenges that come upon us, not because of our own doings, but because they are opportunities for us to stand up and shine even in the midst of the hardest challenge. A good purpose behind that. We don't always know the good purpose behind it. We don't always see it. We don't always realize it. We don't always accept it. Like, how, Lord, can this be good for anything? But there is, because that's what he clearly says. And we know that all things, not just some things, but all things work together for the good to them that love God. 
to them who are the called according to his purpose. There's a purpose for all of it. For whom he did foreknow, he did he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. This is a plan all the way from the beginning, in other words, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. This justification is being found innocent by the washing away of our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. Glorified. We are going to be glorified, being glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Confidence in that is very comforting, knowing that who can be against us? When we have God on our side, we're going to win. You think, well, there's a lot of Christians that wind up getting tortured and killed. They're still winners because they're with the Lord. They're in comfort. They don't have any hardships anymore. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Jesus Christ is the judge. No man or woman can be our judge to hold us accountable, only the Lord. So when the Lord's on our side, who can be against us? The false accusers may rise up and try to take us out one way or the other. They may condemn you for doing something that they think is wrong that was not wrong. They may condemn you and sentence you to death. They may hate you and condemn you because you're a Christian. And we see that on the rise in this country and around the world, the more and more hatred against the Christians. But we don't answer to them. We answer to Jesus Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That was going on back there. Some 2,000 years ago that was going on. It's going on today. It's on the increase today. It's becoming more and more popular to be anti-Christ. But they cannot separate us from God. It reads, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To know that no matter what the challenge is, no matter what the enemy is, no matter what the obstacle is, it cannot and will not separate us from the love of God. And when we trust in the Lord, when we trust in His indwelling Spirit, then we can bear fruits. Like it says in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. That peace is available. That's part of the fruits that we can bear, even in the midst of the hardest challenges that are out there. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance, 
Against such there is no law. That is available to us. That's the fruits that we can bear. When we are tapped in, when we are tied into that vine that we read about earlier, we will bear those fruits. Endure the purging, endure the pruning, endure the fine-tuning, the forging that occurs, that peels away the impurities, brings forth the beneficial and brings forth the fruit. Read those fruit again. Love goes back to that. It keeps going back to that. Joy, the joy of the Lord that can come upon us. Peace, that peace that passeth all understanding. It's there for the taking. Long-suffering, that patience, gentleness, goodness, faith. That's part of the fruits. It's part of the gifts. If you don't have faith, ask for more faith. He'll give it to you. Meekness, that's power of influence under control. Temperance, once again, that's self-control. Against such there is no law. That's all available to us. That's there. We need to latch on to that. We need to understand that it is there. We need to appreciate it. We need to use it properly. And over in Colossians chapter 3, in verse 12, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Above all these things, put on, the char- on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. In verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful." Are you truly thankful? Are you truly thankful for what the Lord has given you? Listen up to the writings. Listen up to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. Peter says it so well in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So when we study and when we really believe what the Lord has available for us and we really and truly love Him with all of our existence, then we can have the peace of mind. We can have the joyfulness. We can have the comfort even in the hardest and most challenging times. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank You for that peace that passeth all understanding that is available just for the taking. It's a gift that you have for us. It's a fruit that we can bear when we are truly tied in properly. And please look at all of us. Reveal anything and everything in us that needs to be altered to be in that perfect will so that we can all be a beacon in this country, so that we can shine around all the entire world can see the love that can shine through us, the light that can shine through us so that others can come in and see that pathway to come to you so that it can all be part of your family and be a joint heir as you've displayed to us. We thank you oh so much for all that as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. If you would please stand by your head.